0: I'm excited to share with you all that I've contributed a chapter to the newly published Anxiety Relief Handbook. The handbook provides a unique window into 11 highly effective complementary therapies for you to sample on your quest to ease anxiety. The ebook is available on my website, happynurse.com.au forward slash anxiety relief handbook.
1: We actually need each other as human beings. Like, we are designed, our nervous system is designed to regulate through co regulation. Like, we actually physiologically, on a scientific level, need each other. We need to support one another in order to be at our best.
0: Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience. I have first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Happy Nurse Podcast. I'm Elena as you all know and today I am joined by my beautiful friend Michelle. Michelle's becoming a regular on the show and her and I often have some amazing chats when we get together so I'm excited about this episode.
1: How are you today Michelle? I'm wonderful thank you lovely and how are you? I am
0: great. Thank you so much for jumping on. I love these chats. We tend to go off down some rabbit warrens. So this one in particular could be very interesting, I think. I'll just introduce you so Any listeners who haven't heard any of our previous chats will know exactly who you are and what you do. So Michelle Powell is a holistic health practitioner who specializes in trauma recovery. She's been a wellness professional since 2003 and is the author of three times Amazon bestseller, The Mastery of Wellness. Michelle takes people from their lowest to being genuinely happy. Oh, that's so beautiful what you do.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited to see where we're going to go with this one today. I love how organic and um, just raw our conversations can be.
0: Yeah, and today we're going to discuss how what Michelle and myself do can often get associated with being a bit woo-woo. Now, when I say woo-woo, I'm a hypnotherapist, and a neurolinguistic practitioner as well. And um no, sorry. Neurolinguistic programming practitioner, and you would missed missed a word out there. It's like that didn't sound right. Yeah, so NLP is what it gets shortened to. And I also am trained in mindfulness and meditation. And I was recently asked a question on a podcast that I guested on, asked to what the research said behind mindfulness in healthcare, because nurses and midwives often associate it with being a bit woo woo. And actually, there are numerous research papers all advocating for the use of mindfulness in the healthcare setting amongst the M. Um, employees because the impact it has is huge on their stress levels. So today, Michelle and I are going to unpack this woo-woo concept and see where, where we think the label has come from and how we can start to change the conversation around holistic and alternative therapies. So I'll let you jump in here, Michelle, and share your experience.
1: Yeah, look, and I second what you're saying in the respect that we can be labelled in that alternative, woo-woo, out of left field, you know, coming from being a holistic health practitioner and like yourself with NLP and stuff like that, and I'm also a Reiki practitioner and I have all of these um, perceived fluffy uh, professional aspects but with saying that i think that there is a fear or a judgment that can come from either self or the industries in general because then maybe there's a fear of not being taken seriously or there's a fear of judgment for doing something that's a little bit out of left field or that because we have additional qualifications that we don't have the skills to practically help people um, in tangible ways. And I think sometimes there's that fear of all of the wishy-washy language that can be splashed around that maybe we as professionals as well are going to take them down that path. And that can be very difficult disconnecting from self as opposed to connecting which is ultimately what we're after right yeah completely connection to ourselves
0: is what's important and connection to others i mean Johann harry speaks about lost connections and i know i speak about him a lot but he's on to something and yeah, yeah it, that's what we're here to be as humans to connect with others
1: exactly and i think too that where potentially sometimes the portrayal of the holistic world alternative therapies is that it uses language that seems to be you know a little bit more of that fluffiness and I think that can deter people away because it's not always meeting people where they're currently at but meeting them further down the track and they're not at that stage yet. They need to go through all of the levels to get to that la-dee-da side of things. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I think when you speak about self-love, love love has such... And impact that word. We often associate it with romance, but when we talk about loving ourselves, it often gets associated with that egoic kind of idea that, oh, you know, he loves himself as an, they're full of themselves kind of thing, rather than coming from that place of compassion for yourself, which I believe is what self-love is, is offering myself that same compassion that I offer everyone else because we can be really hard on ourselves, but as you see, it's it's the language sometimes that's used that people we can find it quite confronting. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. It it's definitely grating against potentially already stigmas that they have, and therefore them potentially shying away from actually getting the support that they genuinely need with tools that could practically help them forward, but because there's, you know, a fear of judgment or connotations relating to what potentially might be done, then they're not gaining that support that they could get. Yeah. And I also feel that
0: people, they seem to shy away from it because they feel almost like There's a judgment going on that they're not in that space of being able to love themselves when actually that's why us as practitioners are here. We're here to actually help you to get to that space. You know, we don't judge anyone. It's really you're judging yourself for not being in that space when you do that. So, yeah. It's our mission to help you to get back to that place of self-compassion and connection to yourself.
1: Absolutely. And I think that it's probably a good place to dive into how you get to that because you don't automatically jump to, you know, the big picture, the self-love, the dream life, the, all of those things that I think are associated with that, that world. But we want to bring it back to let's start with the foundations and then build up from there. So I kind of feel like that might be a great place for us to start talking and we can sort of maybe start with like Maslow's hierarchy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like we have discussed before we jumped in this conversation Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, as nurses, we've all done this in our psychology units when we've been at uni. And, and it does, it comes back to that. And we need to have those foundations, like you said, Michelle, in place first. We cannot be up there at self-actualization without having the foundations below the four levels below in place and, and being dealt with. You know, we've got these physiological and safety reasons to deal with initially before we even start going into that love and belonging and esteem. So,
1: and I think that can be where sometimes there's a pushing away effect with gaining help and support, because I think sometimes things are marketed or portrayed in that self actualization piece. Whereas, you you can't, you have no capacity to be able to function at that level until all of those base primary needs as a human being are met. I mean, you need to have all of your basic needs met. You need to have all of your safety needs and then your love and belonging needs met before you can even start looking at that self-love, at that self-actualization, at all of the additional things. So, you know, I I always say to clients that we need to actually build the foundations. It's kind of like building the foundations of your house. You know, anyone that's had a home built, how long does that foundation piece last for? You're like, oh my gosh, it's going forever. It takes forever, but it's the most important piece because it needs to be stable. It needs to have that structure so that you can build the house upon it. And then it's, funny how quickly the rest of the house can appear. And I actually believe that's where Maslow's hierarchy comes in as well, because I feel like it's a pretty similar analogy that we need to take the time to really address all of our fundamental needs and make sure that we're all met and be met in that logical Practical, analytical ways that our brains have been, you know, conditioned to work. And we could go down another rabbit hole as to whether it should or shouldn't be like that. But the average person wants tangible aspects to help them forward. And then from there, you can start building on the bigger picture and who you want to be in the life that you want to live. But you need to break it down first.
0: Yeah. And it comes right down to, that even the physiological for nurses, the sleep, you know we are sleep deprived because of, because of the shifts that we work, so we need to be ensuring that we're going right down to the base there i mean i've created my model of self care that breaks it down into five aspects, and one of them is um physical self care so that's where the physiological would come in with Maslow, and then we move up to the safety and A lot of that is psychological safety, and if we have experienced stress, burnout, any kind of trauma in our lives, we need to deal with that level before we even start looking at the love and belonging and the esteem, because those fundamental issues that are bubbling away under the surface, they need dealing with so we can feel psychologically safe as well as physically safe in order to proceed.
1: Absolutely. And that's where I work with all of my clients initially before we get into anything else is we need to be able to overcome the traumas, overcome all of the other things that we're going through so that you can actually come out the other side and grow from that. But I think that if you, you're you trying to go down instead of bottom up, then it, you're really doing people a disservice.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's where it gets associated with this woo-woo, because there is a school of thought out there that promotes that self-actualization. But in reality, as we've said already a few times, you have to have the foundations in place before you can reach that goal. And yeah, ultimately, it's where we all want to be. Because when you're there, you feel like you're contributing, you're making a difference. You, know, you desire to be that best version of yourself, but we need to have solid foundations behind us so we feel happy and secure in ourselves. Because we cannot be the best versions of ourselves until we are happy and in that self-love space.
1: Exactly. And I think there's such a a pressure and expectation to always have our shit together all the time. And, And that's not possible either, because we're human beings, and we go through all sorts of difficulties and challenges in life. And we cannot expect ourselves to operate at this high level all of the time. And, and I think that's where, especially what I see with clients that I work with in your industry there's so much pressure to keep going and to keep um, you know being better and to keep supporting forgetting that they actually need support themselves
0: yeah totally it's that analogy of the empty cup you know we need to make sure our cup is full so that we've got the capacity to care for others I mean, If we're not caring for ourselves we're we're not capable really of caring for anyone else because we need to have that solid foundations in place.
1: Yeah. I think there's such a self-critical and belittling component of when we don't have all of our stuff together as well and that we should be better and we have all these knowledge and skills and we have all these qualifications and, you know, smart individuals should be able to overcome everything But I don't believe that's the case either. You know, aside from being human and we all go through trials and tribulations, I think we also need to remember the the polyvagal theory. Like we actually need each other as human beings. Like we are designed, our nervous system is designed to regulate through co-regulation like we actually physiologically on a scientific level need each other we need to support one another in order to be at our best
0: yeah it's so true if you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try why not head on over to happiness.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. And I read something recently that people who feel fiercely independent and want to do stuff for themselves all the time, it's actually now being associated with a kind of trauma response. And it's because they have been let down in the past, either maybe in a big way or a, a small way. But after that, you feel like you just... You have to be able to fend for yourself. And I know I've probably, through my life experience, I can be fiercely independent at times, but I realize where it's coming from. And it's awareness is key with this stuff, I think.
1: And I actually think that's a really important piece to explain there, too, because. I've come across plenty of people in my life and I've definitely been there too, where I've really solely depended on myself because of, you know, things that have happened, traumas that's happened. And then there's this where you can't trust anyone and all of those sorts of, you know, horrendous things that move through you. But exactly what you said, it is actually a trauma response when people are, too isolated in their own solitude and only feel like they can rely upon themselves because it actually fundamentally goes against everything that we would do as human beings in a, in a tribal aspect and and even needing each other to regulate our nervous systems and to come back to that homeostasis. We, we can't do that alone. We're not designed to. Yeah, and that's why... Hugging really is such a healing.
0: um, What was that? What am I trying to say? Such a, a healing thing to do because it just releases all that oxytocin. You know, it's that feeling of I'm worthy of someone else's hug
1: almost, you know? Well, touch is so powerful and that it's a part of that co-regulation as well as to, you know, bringing that nervous system response, you know, that fight, flight, freeze, you know, bringing you back down from all of that fear, anxiety, panic, anger, rage, frustration, worry, you know, that leads into like depression or numbness or, you know, that disassociation and that helplessness feeling and, you know by bringing us back down into that safety social engagement
0: yeah touch as a therapeutic tool is is massive yeah it's really powerful yeah very powerful i mean i know like i'm single so i miss that cuban connection with a significant other but fortunately i've got two kids who um are always wanting hugs from their mom so I am very fortunate in that way, and I get my my needs met through them. I suppose when it comes to yeah that physical touch, but I notice I miss it when they're not around. You know, when they go to their dads, because
1: you just you, yeah
0: I miss that connection with them. But that yeah. could be just because I'm a mum.
1: Designed to to touch one another, and you know I was sharing with you prior to the recording how I've just come back from. um Another a course and retreat because I'm constantly learning and growing and evolving and pushing my own parameters of where I feel comfortable and wanting to learn more about myself and I I did this um, retreat where we were really pushing the the limits uh, and battling battling the elements <laughs> as well as you know facing our own inner fears and it was just this beautiful reminder of how we are there for one another and support one another. And as simple as, you know, someone putting their arm around you and telling you that you can do it or locking eyes with you and giving you strength and support when you feel like you don't have it for yourself. It just is reminding of how powerful it can be to have people on your side, in your team that believe in you when you have moments where you don't believe in yourself. And I feel like that parallels life so much because we all experience things that challenge us to our very core and remembering that there's other people that are proud of you, there's other people that believe in you, that have faith in you when you have moments of doubt that can give you strength that can give you comfort i feel like that's not only powerful but necessary because i think in the modern world there is labels and connotations that when we need each other we're needy as if that's a bad thing but i think there's a fine line between being needy and actually genuinely just being a human being and actually getting your needs met because we're tribal creatures
0: yeah oh my gosh there's so many things I want to unpack in there but (laughs) I'm like sitting here listening going oh my gosh um the neediness thing let's start with that because it's fresh at the top I totally get where you're coming from with that and We do want connection. And do you think it's because we have all experienced this trauma and it's unresolved in us that we then start labelling each other as needy?
1: I think so. I think that's a piece of it. And I also think there's a real fear of being perceived as needy because it's perceived as a negative and you know, I know for myself, even on my own journey, not just what I've experienced with clients, but there's been the I'm strong, I'm independent, I've got this, I don't need anyone because I don't want to be perceived as weak. Mm. And I think there is a massive outcry of that in for being self-sufficient. And I can know logistically on a scientific level, you know, even just stuff we've been discussing about how we're designed to need each other. But then there's this perception out there in the world of, of this neediness being a negative. And I think we need to shift the thought patterns with that, as it's like anything. If you're constantly needy all the time and not taking any responsibility for yourself, that's a negative. But if you are never needy and doing everything in in solitude on your own all the time, that's also a negative. I think there's a healthy space in between where you can honor yourself, look after yourself, but also accept support and love and allow yourself to be needy because how beautiful is it? when you give to someone like you actually gain something from the giving but we're actually preventing other people from experiencing that gift if we're constantly blocking their support oh my god that's beautiful I love that
0: yeah because when we allow someone to give we're both benefiting from that
1: yeah and that's true relationship. And it doesn't matter whether that's romantic, whether it's your children, whether it's family, friends, or whatever. There's this beautiful reciprocity between you, which creates bonds. Yeah, massive
0: bonds. And going back to what you were saying, you know, about the neediness, we don't look at children and judge them as needy. It's something that we do as we grow up. You know, children they can't survive on their own. They need us as parents to be there for them. So we've all got that inner child inside
1: us still that still needs that love and attention. Exactly. And we all fall down no matter how old we are. And we still need other people to support us, whether that's emotionally, physically, or any other way, because that's how we're designed to be. And it's interesting that we're so segregated as a species nowadays, and I think this year has really pushed the parameters of that with us being so isolated. And even how suicide rates and things have increased so rapidly because without that connection, we we don't survive. We're not designed to be like that. So if we can even be curious with our own thought processes on neediness and the term neediness, then maybe we can shift some of the blocks that are preventing us from having these genuine connections and gaining genuine support.
0: Yeah, like you said, this year has been particularly tough. And I think it's brought people back to realize that it's the simple things in life that we all need. You know, what I mean, I'm completely disconnected from my family. They're all in Scotland. And at the moment, it's indefinite. I don't know when I'm going to be able to see any of them again, but, and it's this social distancing. You know, you can't, I'm a hugger. I love to hug and hug everyone. I've got used to it but initially it was like an, like an innate reaction in me almost it's like automatic I just hug my friends when I see them and, and suddenly you can't and you feel a bit lost because you think oh that's how I greet people and let them know how much they mean to me oh. but I'm also getting that back from them like you were saying you know when they hug me back so yeah this year has really kind of Upset the apple cart, hasn't it?
1: But it's also showed us how fundamental those basics are, because the basics actually have the most impact on us mentally, emotionally, and physically. And that's coming back to what we're saying at the start about mass. Though it's the basics, the fundamental
0: foundations we need to have there. Because Yeah. yeah, I mean, love and belonging is is the third level. It's right there in the middle exactly and that's where the physical touch comes in because it allows us to feel that we are loved and we do belong and that people find us well we people want to be around us it's just that reassurance all the time you know that validation yeah
1: and you know there's those old sayings that if you um how does it go i'm probably going to phrase it wrong but something about you know going far go alone. But if you, uh, if you want to go far, go together, I'm really, I've messed that up entirely. But <laughs> it's something about that, you, you don't go very far when you're on your own, but if you've got a team with you, then you can really keep going. And I, I think that once again, sort of parallels life because there's only so far that you can get on your own doing anything. But then when you've got your team with you, your people, you can go so much further than you believe imaginable because you actually have way more internally. You've got more gumption than you ever believe. And
0: that's true in
1: every aspect
0: of life, you know, whether you play sport, whether it's on a family level, whether it's on a workplace. I know myself like launching happiness and getting to where I am I could not have done it without the team I have behind me I mean I have got three different coaches you know in specializing in different areas and then they have teams that I also tap into so I couldn't have got to this point on my own and it's recognizing that and doing like outsourcing what I can't do myself and getting the help that I need that has got me to this point.
1: And we all deserve that too. Like we actually all need our go-to people. Like I've got my entourage, <laughs> you know, that's the people that I go to in various aspects of my life, in my inner circle that are my support network because we need those people in our corner to have that's where us as um alternative or holistic health
0: or coaches whatever you want to call us that's where we come in you know we're there for you in your corner to help you deal with those fundamental issues so that you can live a life where you feel like you're the best version of yourself
1: and I think that's probably our most pressing points that we wanted people to take away from our chat today, too, is that yes, there's a lot of fluffiness and a lot of woo-woo, and you can really go cray-cray with the the whole the whole thing. But we want to remind you all that in holistic healthcare, in these additional alternative therapies, there is so much sound, practical, scientific stuff that's in there that is so imperative. And when you're gaining help to make sure that all of your needs are being met and starting where you're at, because I truly believe that whomever you have coaching or support with or whatever it is that you're after they need to come to you, not you going to them, because I think there's this pressure or expectation or fear. Fear is probably the best word I can use, that you're going to have this wishy-washy language that's spoken to you that isn't even in your vocabulary or in your world. But I feel like the expert needs to meet you where you're at, and take you on a journey that's aligned for you, that's authentic for you, as opposed to trying to turn you into someone you're not. That's not the case at all.
0: And that's where us as therapists come in because, I mean, I have um, just started doing face-to-face workshops again, which I absolutely love. I'm so excited about because here in Perth like, we're, we're able to do that again. And, one of the women in the room at the weekend, she went, Elena, you are reading my mind. And I went, I'm not. It's just that this is fundamental stuff that we all forget at times, you yeah, know. And I'm not the only one that feels like it. <laughs> you know, the way you're feeling, you're not alone. And that's why I love these workshops and why I was so sad when I couldn't do them face to face because the power of having all those people in the room at once and then realizing that they're not actually on their own. We're all fundamentally feeling the same way and just shared experience and shared stories. That in itself is very healing. And again, it comes back to connection because we feel like we're not on our own.
1: Exactly. And I think that's, super important to remember because you aren't alone. You don't have to do the things alone. And in fact, you're not designed to get through it alone. So it's giving yourself like that compassion that you were speaking about. And also having the courage to say, actually, I'm going to get support. I'm going to find people that are going to be a part of my team that can help me get over this trauma, that can help me get over this challenge, that can genuinely support from a space of non-judgment, from a space of having tools that can help you forward and knowing that it's not needy, it's actually an important part of your journey and it's human.
0: Yeah. So it is that's perfectly put. it's human. We are human. And I know, I mean, I'm obviously very passionate about personal development in the space that I work in, but it was through my own journey that I got to this point. You know, I burnt out way back in 2005. And I, at that point, put my hand up and said, I need help. And I went and saw a therapist and was introduced to cognitive behavioral therapy. And it was in that moment when I realized that I could actually take control over what I was thinking and how I was feeling and reframe it. And that counselor I saw back then and the tools that he offered me changed my life when I look back on it now you know it's and it was simple little things that I now teach to my clients but these are life-changing tools that we often miss out on because we get them associated with this woo-woo and this fluff when actually actually it's not it's ancient ancient practices of mindfulness that most of it's based on and stuff that as tribes, we have been using and utilising to survive for a long, long time.
1: Exactly. And I also think there's a place for, for everything too. So, you know, there's a place for Western stuff, there's a place for Eastern stuff, there's a place for the alternative, there's a place for the medical. Like, it's all pieces of a puzzle. It's not that we need one and discount all of the others. Like, they all have a relative space that they reside in for a reason and i i love your story there too about gaining that help and support because you know i've had my own experiences of burnout many years ago myself and and one of the things that i did that changed my life was was get a coach and and get holistic support and you know have those go to people that didn't judge what I was going through that were just there to help me through and wanted me to come out the other side and believed in me when there was moments when I forgot to believe in myself. And I think that's the power of human connection is that when we have our moments of weakness, which we all do, then we have other people that have our back And that are like, yeah, but I'll be over here believing in you until you can do that again for yourself.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's that, without sounding woo-woo, I'm going to say a a, what I would call a woo-woo phrase. It may not be to other people, but it's that holding space, just allowing someone to vent and express how they're feeling, without us offering our opinions. You know, because we can do this with friends and family members, and When we do it, I know in personal experience that they often want to jump in and help, which is a natural response, and they offer their opinion on what they would do. But the minute they do that, they're putting judgment on it. So that's where therapists come in because we will sit there and we will listen and we will help you to work it out for yourself and where you want to go and have a look
1: and unpack it rather than telling you what to do. Exactly, or that judgmental piece and this is what you should do. It's and I wouldn't do that, that's not right. And <laughs> yeah. they're all yeah. well meaning, you know, and I've probably done it myself in the past, but I'm guilty of it. But I think when it's people that are close to us, like you know, family and friends, like you were saying, there there's an emotional entanglement of particular outcomes as well that sometimes you don't get when you're getting support from external people that have the tools, knowledge, and know-how to support from an open-minded space.
0: Yeah. And it's is—it's having that open mind rather than if someone is really close to you, they've got that aspect of they, they don't want to see you get hurt. So they feel that they are offering they what, can their own business. Yes, yeah. You and what you're going through. Exactly, yeah. They're, they're projecting their stuff onto you, which is actually not your reality. It's their reality. Now we're sounding woo-woo. But it's, <laughs> and this is how it works, you know, try and unpack it and explain it to everyone. But it's, yeah, it's coming back to that, just having someone listen to you and and tell you, you know, it's okay to feel how you're feeling. You're normal and I'm here for you and I've got your back.
1: Exactly. And I think that's like the power punch right there is you are allowed to, it is your birthright to be loved and supported just as you are with whatever you're going through.
0: Yeah, totally. And the more we deny how we're feeling if we are having stress or feeling overwhelmed, the more we push that down, the harder and faster it's gonna come back up. It's like that ball that that you push down in the swimming pool. I remember doing this with the kids, you know, and you push it down and push it down. The minute you let go, it's gonna come back up and bop you in the face. So, you know, we can only push stuff down for so long before we do actually hit that wall and we we um have we're forced to seek help it's like that phrase i've se- seen it a few times recently circulating on social media make time for your wellness and not your illness you know if if you're not looking after your well- wellness you're going to have to make time to look after your illness so It's preventative. And and like you were saying, it's this whole East and West. I feel, as a nurse with 20 years clinical experience behind me and all my training and these, what you want to call alternative or positive psychology or um, Eastern um, methods as well, I feel like I've got a foot in both worlds. So I understand what is going on with Western medicine and with Eastern medicine. And the two could work so well in harmony. And my dream is that one day that will happen. And I think we're getting closer and closer, but there's still a bit of a void in the middle there at the moment.
1: Exactly. But I think if we keep having open conversations like we're doing today and bridging that gap, then it will allow that to gradually dissolve over time. And... I really loved what you were saying about you know that illness and wellness is you know that we do have a choice to wait till there is a big problem before addressing things or we can address it before it you know bubbles up from the surface of the water like you were saying but I also feel like illness illness when you're going alone we-ness, wellness, when you're doing it with other people. Like it's, it's right there in the words, I, illness, we, wellness. And I think that that also describes the human beings and that need for one another really simply too. Yeah,
0: that's very cool, Michelle. I love that. Yeah, the illness and the I and the wellness and the we. It is, it's that love and support. We all need it yep yeah, we all do, it's a fundamental basic need as humans. Well, I think we have come full circle, and I've absolutely loved this conversation and bringing the science out behind it all and unpacking it. Thank you so much for jumping in today, Michelle. I just You're very welcome as always, my love. Our conversations are always very um interesting. Where can the listeners find you if they would like to explore more about what it is you do in your trauma recovery?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they can first and foremost go to my website, which is Um, And there's also going to be a little free download that Elena will have in the um, show notes today as well, that they can just get a free article there as well. And also in all of your normal social places, Insta, YouTube, Facebook, all under the Michelle Powell. And as you said, Michelle, I will put all the links
0: in the show notes. Well, my <laughs> awesome team will. See, I have got a team behind me doing this. I get to do the fun part. They do all the hard work. And, I, and then it all comes out to you beautiful people who are listening. So thank you so much michelle it's been a pleasure as always and i look forward to chatting to you again soon awesome take care thank you for listening to the happy nurse podcast if you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the happy nurse community head over to facebook and check out the happy nurse au facebook page and request to join the happy nurse community also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon, and in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others. I'm excited to share with you all that I've contributed a chapter to the newly published Anxiety Relief Handbook. The handbook provides a unique window into 11 highly effective complementary therapies for you to sample on your quest to ease anxiety. The ebook is available on my website, happiness.com.au forward slash anxiety relief handbook.